Welcome to New Life Assembly of God Media Ministry. We are glad that you are here. We believe the Word of God is relevant and life-changing, and we hope you can be blessed by this message. We're starting a new series tonight titled All By Myself, Overcoming Loneliness. Turn with me, if you will, to Genesis chapter uh, 2. And um, tonight's message is alone, but not lonely. Alone, but not lonely. I don't listen to secular music, but there's a song that I've heard on TV, and it came to mind as I was reflecting on the subject of the series. And you might have guessed it. The title of the song is All By Myself. See? Caught. Amen. Y'all been listening. All right. <laughs> The song was originally written by a man named Eric Harmon in 1975, but when Celine Dion recorded it in 1996, it became a massive worldwide hit, propelling it to the top 10 of Billboard's 100 top songs. Verse 1 says, living alone, I think of all the friends I've known, but when I dial the telephone, nobody's home. All by myself, don't want to be all by myself anymore. And if you listen to that song too, more, too many times, you're going to be all depressed and be like, oh, woe is me. Either that or you're going to grab the wrong person just so that you won't be alone. Amen. <laughs> but I believe this song is so popular because it resonates with the pain of loneliness that so many people feel. Harvard Magazine published an article titled The Loneliness Pandemic. And it cited a 2019 study which reported that 61% of Americans report feeling lonely. 61%. So I'm sure that six out of 10, look around you, because every six people out of 10 feels lonely. All right. Loneliness has actually been called a public health problem in recent years because it is linked to increased rates of mental health issues along with physical health problems such as disease, heart problems, and even deaths. So loneliness is a very real problem which significantly affects our mental and physical health. The reason why loneliness is so painful and has such negative impacts on us is because God created us for relationships. He made us in his image and God exists in relationship. He exists as a trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He created us for relationship. He made us to need each other. When God created Adam, and placed him in the Garden of Eden. In Genesis 1.31, it says, God looked over all he made, and he saw that it was very good. Everything was perfect. And you would have thought that Adam had everything that he could possibly need. He had all the free food that he could ever eat. He had no problems, no job per se, officially, no stress, no deadlines, and no financial worries in his life. Doesn't that sound wonderful? Amen? Everything was good. God even said it was very good. But do you know what the first thing was that God said was not good? Was it when Satan entered the garden? 
Was it when Adam and Eve sinned? Was it when they ran and tried to hide from God? No, it was actually before all of that stuff happened, right? In Genesis 2.18, God said, it is not good for man to be alone. God himself spoke these words after creating the first human, the crowning glory of his creation. Everything had been created in perfection, yet amidst the lush and fertile garden, the wide array of animals and birds, God says, there's still something missing. The first thing that God ever said that was not good about life on earth was loneliness. Loneliness. And what was God's answer? He created another human. He created Eve. The Bible says as a helpmate, the Hebrew means one corresponding to, one on the same level as, because, you know, he, uh, he had Adam name all the animals, but they were not on the same level. They didn't correspond to Adam. I mean, we love our pets, amen. I love my two little kitty cats, Missy and Prissy. They're the most wonderful little cats in the world, amen. But it's not the same as having relationships with humans, am I right? Amen. Of course, I've seen a lot of memes on, online that say that, you know, cats and dogs are actually better than humans. I'm not sure. But anyway, <laughs> but um, he, he, he created another human being. And of course, as you read on in Genesis 2, God established the marital relationship between one man and one woman as the divine pattern of marriage. But the meaning of God's statement, it is not good for man to be alone, has a much wider application than just marriage. While God does not call everyone to be married, in fact, the Bible plainly tells us that he calls some to be single, amen? So while he doesn't call everybody to be married, he does call everyone to be involved in deeply personal relationships. The need for deep human connection is something that no amount of pets, possessions, or work can satisfy. God created us to live in relationship, and that's why loneliness is so painful and has such negative impacts on our mental and physical health. And it's an issue that God addressed not only in the garden, but that he addresses numerous times in the Bible. And in this series, we're going to be talking about loneliness and how we can overcome it. The first thing I want us to see is that you can be alone without being lonely, and you can be lonely without being alone. I mean, let me just say that again so it sinks in. Amen. You can be alone without being lonely, and you can be lonely without being alone. We need to understand that there is a difference between being alone and being lonely. Loneliness is a feeling of being isolated or cut off from others. Now, while the word alone is used 123 times in Scripture in the New International Version, it's rarely used as a synonym for the word lonely. So it's never translated or rarely translated as lonely. The word loneliness is defined as a state of sadness resulting from feeling isolated or cut off from others. The primary word for lonely used in the Old Testament is the Hebrew word yahid, and it means solitary, forsaken, wretched. One writer states, there is no deeper sadness that ever comes over the mind than the idea that we are alone in the world. 
that we do not have a friend, that no one cares for us, that no one is concerned about anything that might happen to us or that no one understands us. No one experienced the profound pain of loneliness more than David, which he expressed in deep, heartfelt cries to God. There were times when he was forced to flee for his life from Saul, leaving his home and family in Bethlehem. Another time, his uh, home in Ziklag was burned to the ground. His wife and children were taken captive. Another time, his, on two occasions, uh, different sons tried to, they betrayed him, tried to kill him to take the throne, and he had to flee for his life. And in those times, David experienced the deep pain of loneliness, but he knew that he was not alone, so he turned to God as his help and comfort. He knew through it all that God loved him and that God cared about him, and time and again he cried out to the Lord as he did in Psalm 25, 16, saying, turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. He was lonely, but he knew he was not alone because God was with him. No matter how lonely you may feel, we need to remember that God loves us and we can cry out to him and we can find comfort and we can find help in his presence. Note that David was almost always surrounded by people. Even when he was going through all of this, he was surrounded by people. At Ziklag, he had 600 fighting men with him, but he's crying out, Lord, be with me because I am lonely. See, you can be surrounded by people and still be alone, or lonely, excuse me, still be lonely. As king, when his sons sought to kill him to seize the throne, David and his generals and other royal advisors, um, David was married, he had children, but you know what? He felt lonely. He had several wives. He had a bunch of children. And David still felt lonely. Folks, you can be married and feel lonely because physical proximity does not necessarily indicate emotional and spiritual intimacy. And when you don't have that emotional connection, that's when you feel lonely. Or when you're going through something and you don't feel that the people around you can understand or care about what you're going through, you can feel lonely. So you can feel lonely in a crowd because loneliness is not about physical proximity to others, even though lonely people often physically and socially disconnect from others. They distance themselves from others. One writer states, loneliness is not the absence of faces. It is the absence of fellowship. Loneliness doesn't come from being alone. It comes from feeling alone. There's a big difference. It doesn't come from being alone. It comes from feeling alone. Being alone is being physically or socially separated from others. And you know what? Being alone can be positive or negative. The word alone in Greek in the New Testament means being by yourself or apart from others. And Jesus often sought to be alone or apart from others. He sought what we often call solitude, separating himself from crowds, separating himself from others so that he could commune with the Father. In Matthew 14, 23, it says that after Jesus had sent the disciples away on a boat and dismissed the crowd, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. And later that night, 
he was there alone. Solitude or choosing to be alone for a time can actually be a good thing. For me, it recharges my batteries. I got to have some alone time, amen? And it recharges my batteries. But too much solitude can be unhealthy. And you can start getting hermit syndrome. A lot of people got hermit syndrome when they were going through COVID. And then after that, they didn't want to get out of the house for anything. You know, because they, they had just closed themselves and not anybody here, I know. It's the ones watching my life. No, I'm just kidding. But solitude or choosing to be alone for a time can be a good thing, but too much solitude can be unhealthy. Do you remember uh, the movie Castaway with Tom Hanks? And, and, and Tom Hanks ends up in a plane crash. He's stranded on a, des a deserted island for four years. Now, in his, before his plane crash, he was obsessed with works and work and schedules and what had to be done and not paying attention to people in his life. And he now finds himself desperately needing someone to talk to and someone to care about and care for him. So with a bloody handprint on a soccer ball, I think, or a volleyball, I'm not, volleyball, it looked like a face, and the brand of the ball was Wilson. So his friend, the volleyball, became Wilson, and he started talking to Wilson. He was alone and desperately lonely. He needed somebody to talk to, even if it was a volleyball. So, you know, sometimes being alone can be healthy, but other times it can be very unhealthy. But healthy solitude does not necessarily mean that you're lonely. Solitude is choosing to be alone for a time, for a time. It is a needed refuge from the busyness and noise of the world. In fact, you know, they're saying that one of the reasons that depression and anxiety are so high is because people don't take a break from social media constantly on social media, constantly connected, constantly having all this stimuli coming at them. And that's why particularly the younger generation is seeing incredible rates of anxiety and depression. It's because they're constantly connected. And sometimes we just have to fast from social media. We have to fast from connections. We have to choose to separate ourselves and spend some alone time as a time of reflection, as a time of replenishing our soul and reconnecting with God. And it just refreshes us and we can come back out to the world a new person, right? Now, the second thing we need to understand is the difference between being alone and being lonely. The main difference is often the issue of control. Solitude for a time is a choice. It is intentionally separating yourself for a time to rest, to reflect, to pray, or simply be still and listen to God's voice. In Psalm 37, verse 7, it says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. So sometimes we just need to take that break, however long it might be, and just be still from the Lord, away from all of the distractions and noise of the world. Amen? But loneliness is an emotion we experience when we feel that we have little control over being alone. There's a difference, see? When we're choosing to be alone for a time, we're fine. But when we find ourselves in a situation where we are alone, not by choice, that's when we can start feeling lonely. We feel trapped in our circumstances without any options. It could even be 
feeling trapped in an unhappy marriage. You can be lonely in an unhappy marriage. Or it could be the result of a change in your life. The loss of a job where all those work relationships are, are disrupted, the death of a loved one, a broken friendship, a move, or any situation where you long for connection that you once had, but it is no longer available to you. This is a sentiment that David expressed in Psalm 142, verse 4, while he was hiding in the back of a cave from Saul, who wanted to take his life. He says, look and see, there is no one at my right hand. No one is concerned for me. I have no refuge. No one cares for my life. Now, David had a group of fighting men with him hiding in the cave. But even then, he feels extremely lonely because of the circumstance that is out of his control that he finds himself in. Loneliness is felt when you're in a situation that is out of your control, where you feel detached, you feel like no one understands, no one cares, and you have no deep heart connections. Being lonely, being alone, excuse me, is about being physically apart from others, while being lonely is an emotional state of, or feeling isolated, rejected, and uncared for. And although being lonely is often a negative feeling accompanied by feelings of hopelessness and despair, being alone can be a positive experience of renewal and refreshing. Third thing I want us to see, we need to understand that loneliness is a temporary state of being. Some people are lonely because they choose to be. There are some people who are chronically lonely because they're so preoccupied with their problems that they are focused on themselves and make no effort to connect with others. Some are chronically lonely because they have emotional brokenness. They have been hurt or betrayed, and they have put up walls to protect themselves from ever being hurt again. They may talk to or socialize with others, but the conversation is always on the surface and they keep everyone at an arm's length because they want to keep themselves safe. They don't want to be, let anybody in and be hurt again. But the same walls that keep out hurt also keep out love and connection. If that's you, you need to start asking God to heal those broken areas of your life. Sometimes, Loneliness is self-imposed because we're very critical of others and no one lives up to our expectation. That can be a reason that we are alone. For these reasons, some people are lonely because they choose to be. And so we might refer to them as loners or we might say they're shy or we might say they are a very private person. The issue with them is not separation, it's isolation. The wisdom writer addresses these loners in Proverbs 18.1. He writes, a man who isolates himself, seeks his own desire, he rages against all wise judgment. So he's very, he's, he um, seeks his own desire, he's very self-centered, and he rages against all wise judgment. So all wise judgment says we need relationships. We need to be connected with people. 
But this person says, I don't need anybody. I'm just fine on my own. Let's be real. Some people are so self-centered, so wrapped up in themselves, they isolate themselves, and their loneliness is their own fault. The good news is, if that's you, if you will recognize it, repent of it, and ask God to change you, he will begin to work in your life. But we will all experience loneliness at times, not sometimes not by our own fault or by our own choice, and we need to know that it will not last forever. Loneliness does not have to be a permanent state of being. As we noted, loneliness is often the result of some kind of change in our life. It could be trials, it could be sickness, it could be the death of a loved one, it could be a, a job change, some type of dramatic change in our life. But the feeling of loneliness often lessens as you begin to adjust to your new circumstances, becoming more comfortable with the change or more comfortable with the loss that you have experienced, and you start moving forward and you start saying, you know what, I can breathe, life is going to be good again, I'm, I'm heading in a good direction, all right? Fourth, we need to learn how to face loneliness in faith. First, realize that you are not unspiritual because you feel lonely. You are not unspiritual because you feel lonely. In 2 Timothy 4, verses 9 through 10 and verse 16, Paul says, be diligent to come to me quickly. He's writing to Timothy. Be diligent to come to me quickly, for Demas has forsaken me. At my first defense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. May it not be charged against them. So here's the Apostle Paul, this great man of faith. He is in prison. He's facing execution. Uh, in those days, if you didn't have someone out on the outside to bring you clothes and food and whatever you needed, uh, you were in big trouble because they didn't provide it for you in the prison. So Demas had been there for Paul, but then it, the going got too hard for Demas. And so he forsook Paul and he went back to the world because he was basically, it seems, you know, saying if this great man of God can go, go through all of that, I don't want any of that. So he loved the world and he went back to the world. And so Paul is writing to Timothy, and, and Paul is all alone. He says, all have forsaken me. And so this great man of faith, facing the last chapter of his life, imprisoned for preaching the gospel, forsaken by all that he once confided in, is experiencing loneliness. We all experience loneliness, no matter how spiritual we may be. But his last words tell us three things to do that will help us overcome loneliness. First, he tells us we need to resist the pity party. In verse 13, Paul asked Timothy to bring the books, especially the parchments. Paul was determined not to wallow in self-pity, sitting alone in a dark, dingy dungeon prison, feeling all forsaken and woe is me. Instead, he chose to occupy his time with something productive. He would read, and he would continue to learn and uplift his spirit, and he would continue to write letters to encourage the churches. He was going to use his time productively. And even though he knew the time of his death was near at hand, he wanted to keep his mental and spiritual faculties active right up to the very end. When we feel lonely, we need to find something productive, something useful, and something spiritually uplifting to do. Paul also teaches us that we need to realize that God is with us. 
in verse 17, after he says everybody has forsaken him, listen to what he says. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully through me and that all the Gentiles might hear. So even in this dark, dingy dungeon prison, everyone having forsaken Paul, he says, you know what? Everybody might have turned their back on me, but God is still standing here with me. And he's giving me the strength to keep on going. He's keeping, giving me the strength to keep preaching so that all the Gentiles might hear. Even as his earthly life is coming to a close and he's alone in the most undesirable of circumstances, Paul was aware of the presence of God with him. When you feel lonely and you're questioning, where is God in all of this? I've got good news for you. He is where he has always been, right beside you. God is with you whether you feel it or not because he will never leave you nor forsake you. And you know what lonely times tend to do? They tend to force us to focus on God. We don't have the distractions of people around us and the noise of the world. So let it force you to focus on God. Paul also teaches us that when we're lonely, we need to reach out to others. Paul not only reached out to Timothy, but he asked him to bring Mark with him. So determine not to let your feelings of loneliness isolate you, but reach out to people around you. Paul was also ready to reach out in ministry to others. So he's reaching out to Timothy, tells him to bring Mark for companionship in his life. But he's also reaching out to minister to others. In verse 17, he says, The Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully through me that all the Gentiles might hear. Even in life's most difficult and darkest times of loneliness, God still wants to use you. God wants to flow through you. God wants to touch others for his glory. Someone wrote that the loneliest person in the world is the person who's wrapped up in themselves. Because you're just focusing on yourself and you're like, woe is me, and you're going to feel lonely. The key to overcoming loneliness is to reach out to others, both those who can minister to you, but also those that you can minister to. No matter how much you're hurting, somebody else is hurting worse. No matter how lonely you may feel, someone else is lonelier than you. Go and be a blessing to them, and in the process, not only Will you alleviate their loneliness, but you will find a cure for your own. Amen? If you're lonely, don't sit around playing Celine Dion singing all by myself on repeat a hundred times. Because you know what? That's just going to get you all the more depressed. And you're going to retreat into loneliness and isolation. No. Find something inspiring to read. Find something productive to do. Look for the presence of God in your life and reach out to others, both those that will encourage you and those that you can minister to and encourage. And in so doing, you will walk your way out of the dark cave of loneliness. Amen? You do have control. You may not have control over your circumstances that have put you in that position, but you have control how you respond to it. And if you respond in a faith-filled way like Paul did, you can walk your way out of that lonely cave. Amen? 
So let's take a moment and let's close our eyes and bow our heads and ask the Lord to help us when we face those moments of loneliness, when we feel forsaken by others, that we would respond in a faith-filled way. Heavenly Father, we just come before you right now. We thank you, Lord, for the encouragement of your word because your word speaks to real life experiences. Your word speaks to where we live on a day-to-day basis, Lord God, and we will all experience loneliness in our lives at times. Father, when we go through those moments of time, I pray, Lord God, that you would help us, that we won't sit around, Lord God, and wallow in self-pity, but we will lift our eyes to you and realize that you are with us, Lord God. I pray that you would help us to reach out to others around us, Lord God, who want to be there for us. Just like Paul reached out to Timothy and Mark, there are people around us that want to be there for us. So help us to reach out to them, Lord God. And help us also to reach out to those around us that may be in need, Lord, so that we can be a blessing to them. And while we are a blessing to them, we will find ourselves blessed, Lord God. Father, help us to respond rightly to those times of loneliness in our life so that you may be honored. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Have a wonderful rest of your week, new life. We'll see you on Sunday. Thank you for joining us today. If you were blessed by this message, would you consider giving a gift to help support our ministry? You can text any amount to 954-516-1522. That's 954-516-1522. Thank you. And we hope you will join us again.